Blog Talk Radio. Too bad. How about you? Ooh. You too, Papa. Everything is cool on this end. Okay. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad it's Friday for real. I know that's right. It's been kind of hot and sticky all week. Now well, you know that's the way some of us like it. Okay. <laughs> I'm not messing with that very much. <laughs> Just saying. I'm talking about the weather, the humidity. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's why we need cool drinks to cool us down. We got one coming up tonight. <laughs> uh, okay. Nice, refreshing one. Mm-hmm. You guys ready to get started? Oh, yeah. We're ready. Fired up. Uh, all right. We got a lot going on tonight. All right. Our hot topic tonight, Georgia activists seek to remove Stone Mountain. Really? Also, members of Congress um, got PPP loans faster than most small business owners. And also, Trump says U.S. will review the university's tax-exempt status. Uh, Here's in quite a headlines tonight. We got quite a bit tonight. Target shopper wearing a $40,000 Rolex destroys face mask display. Also, Black Lives Matter mural painted outside Trump Tower in Manhattan. Woo-hoo! Um, Also, police are looking for two white people who painted over a Black Lives Matter mural. Okay. Uh, So the Supreme Court deals uh, Trump uh, defeat for his tax return. Also, W, uh, I'm sorry, West Virginia mail carrier pleads guilty to changing absentee ballot requests. And Karen Act would outlaw false racist 911 calls. Our cocktail of the week, we're going to refresh your palate with the Ginger Kiss cocktail. What's popping with Papa Didi as usual? Our weird news, we're going to lighten it up, of course. Uh, Japanese theme parks tell people not to scream on his roller coasters. Oh, boy. Also, passenger can't stop laughing at man using underwear and face mask. Okay. (laughs) And uh, this woman gets paid to erotically sit on cake. Okay. I'm just saying with red wine. Uh, now, do you get it? Living for the City with Papa Didi, my Hollywood wrap up, our kiss it list, and the last word, of course. So sit back, relax, get your favorite cocktail, and we'll be back with the hot topic. So I was looking over the cocktail of the week archives, and we've had so many really great drinks over the past year and a half. 
We've had our original signature drink called the Pajama Party and a Game Changer, and of course, we have the last word. I like the revolution. It was Hennessy, lemon and lime juice, agave juice, and bitters with jalapeno slices. Ooh-wee. I like that Crown Royal Flush with the Crown Royal Peach Stock and Cranberry Juice. Oh, yeah. And one of my favorites huh, was the, uh, wait a minute, what's it called? The Dutch Mule. Yeah, the Dutch Mule with the kettle orange vodka, lime juice, and ginger beer. There are so many to choose from on the apajamaparty.com website. So check out the Cocktail of the Week archives to get the recipes. And you can find out how to make the Cocktail of the Week and sip along with us. Are there instructions there, too? Sure they are, along with pictures of the drink so you know exactly what it's supposed to look like. So what's that y'all got in your glass? This is a boomerang. Uh, well, I got a kinky read over here. And I got the ABA. Get the recipes at www.apajamaparty.com and click on Cocktail of the Week. Cheers! All right, welcome back to Pajama Party. One of your host, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir, darling. Ooh, come on, darling. Boom. So, uh, hey, check it out, though. Uh, what you got for us? Hot topics. It's time for the hot, hot topics. You know what? This is, you know, let's start off our, our story here with something really grand. This is very interesting. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, with all the stuff that's going on, and I appreciate the whole Black Lives Matter movement. Because it's unraveling a lot of stuff, but it shows me also that people have been living in these shadows for so long, and haven't really had a, a avenue to change it. Now this this topic here talks about Georgia activists uh, seeking to remove what's called Stone Mountain. This is the granddaddy of Confederate monument. Now, now apparently, like we said last week, after they lost in the South, they didn't go anywhere. Because most of the people that really wanted to be free for real, for real, went up north, and they left the people in the south. It's not like they kind of went along and swept up everything, you know. what I mean, you know, sometimes when you go to war and you win, then you could take over that that whatever, you know, if you it's a building or a area or uh, gas gas pumps or whatever it is you you fighting for, like over in Kuwait, you know, we 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 went over there and did damage to. Uh, to Iraq that time, but we left the Kuwait uh, oil oil uh, refineries all vacant, and now the Russians and, and the China have gone over there and capped the uh, Kuwait oil fields, and they're protecting it where America can't even go in that space anymore. So we went over there fighting, but we never secured what what our victors. We didn't take the spoils of our victors in, in so many words. Mm-hmm. Now, so what's happening here? In the Confederate South, when they lost the war, the slaves went up north mostly. They got out of Virginia. That was the most, that was the the most uh, infested state of racism in the world was Virginia. Virginia was horrible. In Texas, in Florida, it was just horrible. Where they just, you know, they just, you know, and these are all water water countries. You know, water 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 states. Anywhere you have water, Texas was off the Mississippi. You know, Virginia is off the Chesapeake, and uh, 
Then you got Florida, which is off the Atlantic Ocean there. And, and so any place you have water to bring people over from wherever, whether they came from the Caribbean or Africa or whatever, that's how they – anyway, Stone Mountain is a Confederate memorial, which is often called the granddaddy of all Confederate monuments. It's once again at the center of an ongoing debate over a symbol that some see as a shrine of the Southern uh, American heritage and others see as depicted as white supremacy and etched in the stone. Now, this is in uh, DeKalb County, Georgia, which is in, the, you know, the Atlanta backdrop. Mm. So all them black folks is in Atlanta, and all this is still going on. All right, the fight over the monument, which is located in DeKalb County, Georgia, is unfolding as the, the as New York, I mean, as, excuse me, as the U.S. grapples over civil war unrest following the recent Black Lives Matter protests. Cities are being forced to... Uh, uh, revoke all these dark histories that was put in front of them and all these different monuments that was put around the world after the war, which goes to show you that when they lost the war, for some reason, different people that were doing these monuments, now monuments are made out of, uh, you know, metal and all kinds of stuff, mm-hmm. major cement, and, and back then there was a lot of craftsmanship involved, you know. When you did welding or, or uh, masonry and all that, it was serious back then. That's why these monuments are so powerful and so strong and so mighty and so so metal, you know, sitting on a pile of cement and all that jazz. Because the craftsmanship was there. So it just go to show that when the war was over, the people that lost, they said, well, we lost, but we're going to put our, our heroes out there on display. And nobody seen the care. I guess they were just happy to be free. They didn't give a shit what they were doing as far as the losers. They said, y'all can do what y'all want to do. Fuck it. Just stop fucking with me, pretty much. So uh, through many uh, statues of Mayans, like they said, were quickly uprooted and, and placed all over the world from the people down south. But the grand poopar of all of them was at Georgia Stone Mountain, the largest Confederate memorial in the country, which was christened uh, with a cross bearing when the KKK initiated 700 new members in 1948 wow. in front of that particular ceremony thing there. The carving of three Confederate leaders, which is General Robert E. Lee, General Thomas Stonewall Jackson, and the President of the Confederacy, which was uh, Jeff- Jefferson Davis, mm-hmm. sits 400 feet above the ground. All right, which is a large, which is larger than a football field. The memorial overlooks an outdoor recreational park and casts a shadow over Stone Mountain, Georgia, uh, which is a predominantly black city. Now, how about that? Wow. You got the, all that major, major metal, major construction, major cementry, major carvings with with generals that were the most racist on the planet, overlooking, you know, hot Atlanta. Okay, as part of the growing movement, state officials once again facing pressure to remove the controversial carving and grave into the historic monument. But the biggest problem with that there is that these people have gone there, clan people have gone to that spot and worship it, got married in front of it, done all kinds of things through the years that it's going to be a problem taking that monkey down. Mm. So, and it's enrooted in some people's families, is, is you know. Very interesting. So if you got any comments on this, you can give us a call at uh, 914-803-4306. And press 1. And press 1, and uh, let us know what you think, because, uh, you know. I remember one of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s speeches. He made a reference to Stone Mountain. Mm. You remember that, one of his speeches? Yeah, he did. He sure Mm -hmm. did, yeah. Um, I really didn't know anything about it. I mean, this is a good history lesson today. 
if if a lot of people don't didn't know about Stone Mountain and what it represented, um, is saying that it, it the aid um, the KKK aided in getting this done. I guess they put the money up for it, or and they probably carved it. So, like you said, they want to have some remnants of, yeah, we were here. You know, we may have lost the war, but we 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 were here. So. Um, yeah. And this is 1948. That's when they mm-hmm. when that thing was uh, etched into that mountain. Yeah, it was. It was. Wow. They, they held the main. They were building all along, but in 1948 is when 700 members burnt the cross, kind of sort of initiating it and oh. putting it in, you know, putting it in effect, putting it in business. And uh, it, it's amazing mm-hmm. how in 1948 was that was a time too of a lot of unrest. I mean, that was long before. Man, you figure if Martin Luther King was born in 1929, 39, 49, 48, he was only 21 years old at the time. So, Yeah, there was a lot going on there. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. But it, it's interesting to see. Like, I'm kind of looking at the history, and it said it used to be owned by um, the Venable Brothers. Um, they owned the particular, I guess, statue or carving or it, they were business. Um, it was a business venture for the brothers, something they did. Um, and then now, um, let me see who else owns it. The um, Hershen family owns it. Hershen Family Entertainment. They own it now. So it's like it's changing hands. I guess it's a big deal. But uh, like I said, it's something new to me. I didn't know anything right. about it. Well, see, a lot of things, you know, when when it has such a, a reputation or a value, some pipe, some people can go to a bank and get some type of, uh, what do you call it, maybe uh, like on a house, you know, you can get some uh, kind of value on it or, or something. Lean so, against yeah, it whoever it. owns it can have a lean against it. Well, that's our shrine. Oh, that's where, okay. And they use it as their uh, collateral. It's, it's collateral stuff. Mm-hmm. But but I didn't know, realize that individuals owned it. I just thought that it was on federal land or something. I had no mm-hmm. idea that that was Who something knows. that people, individual people. But owned. I tell you what, I bet you clan. I get you. I bet you uh, white right wing uh, people of that nature, supremacy people, know all about it. You know, that's mm-hmm. their shrine. Like you say, some people get married in front of it and all kinds of stuff. You know, they treat it like the Martin mm-hmm. Luther King thing down in D.C. You know. So it's amazing mm-hmm. people's thought process and how long they had to fester in that. So it's kind of scary too, you know. Yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. Scary, really oh, is. But this, um, this, um, I wanted to add also this particular family. Um, they own um, some theme parks and some other tourist attractions. It's called wow. the Hershend Family Entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's a probably owned theme entertainment company. So, like you said, they mm-hmm. probably use this for collateral. Who knows to get the next? And their money, but, probably, um, all their money loops through that, and they preserve that, mm-hmm. and keep it strong, sure. and keep it highlighted, and they put it on sites, and it probably gets visitation every year, just like uh, right. Graceland does with uh, Elvis yeah, Presley. It's definitely a tourist attraction. Yeah, most definitely, sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So. Yep. It's gonna be interesting. But they don't have to worry mm-hmm. about me coming down there to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right now. <laughs> I, I move. I move. We knock it down. I move. Mm-hmm. We knock it down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go right in. Get yeah. some people with some uh, jackhammers and get up on that no. mountain and just. No, we got to do it. We got to do it. And what you gonna do? Throw some dynamite up there and blast? <laughs> you gotta blast Ooh. that monkey in the middle of the night where nobody gets hurt. 
Well, nobody get hurt with it, but we do need to blast it down, take it down. I, but you know what? On the on the other side of things, I guess white folks they're thinking the same thing. They they that's that's what they want to do with our shrines. So I, uh, you know, uh, things that we have out like Martin Luther King statue and some other things. So yeah, but Martin Luther King statue ain't been here for ten years now. Yeah, and he ain't never hurt anybody. Been. They ain't never. Well, how long I mean, has that statue been here? Martin Luther King, ten years, folks. This this thing's been I, I here guess. since nineteen forty eight. Or before that, right? Forty, mm-hmm. yeah. Before that, it was it was it was uh it was it was blessed in forty eight. But mm-hmm. yeah, but they've gone around down south and just put stuff everywhere. They're like, yeah, we lost, but we we got all our people because Robert E. Lee and all of them. It's almost like they they held them to such high regard, you know. They and they and didn't people let people still do. Them. That's what gets me. Yeah, I'm well. just trying to understand. Like anything else, if you come in second. Nobody is chanting your name and saying, yeah. "Yay, the second place winner!" Let's yeah. let's talk about that person. You're, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, you came in second, you didn't win. Yeah. Nobody's worried about That's right. you. Right? I know the Eagles won the Super Bowl, but I forgot who they played. Exactly. It's like, who cares who came in second? Exactly. Who they play anyway? All of these year. jokers came in last. It's like, why are y'all still celebrating them? Wow. Well, speaking of jokers. Let's talk about Congress with these uh, uh, Paycheck Protection Program, the PPP. I said they gave that the right name because a lot of PP in this mess. So it turns out that when all those businesses were applying to get those Paycheck Protection money, when that money became available, turns out a lot of these loans tied back to members of Congress. Now, how messed up is that? Y'all signed off on the legislation to make it happen, and then you're reaping the benefits? That shouldn't even be legal. So it turns out, okay, here's the whole story. Going back to April 5th, two days after the Paycheck Protection Program launched, a group of McDonald's franchises that were owned by Representative Kevin Hearn, who's a Republican out of Oklahoma, he secured a loan of $1 million, between $1 million and $2 million. Dollars. Now, you're a representative of Congress, right? Why are you jumping in and getting this money? So that loan was between $1 to $2 million. The same day, a tractor dealership that uh, Representative Vicki Hartzler, who's another Republican out of Missouri, she owns with her husband, they got a loan that ranges between 350000 to a $1 million dollars. Then on April the 8th, there was a car dealership owned by Representative Vern Buchanan, another Republican out of Florida. He became one of the first dozen businesses in Florida to even get a loan for over $150,000 from BMO Harris Bank. Now, that loan was worth between 2 to $5 million. Unbelievable. And a second dealership in which Buchanan has a sizable stake, which is in North Carolina, now, the first one was in Florida. He's got a stake in another car dealership in North Carolina. They got a loan somewhere between 350000 to a $1,000,000 the same day or the day after. Now, remember when people were struggling trying to make sure they had their stuff ready so they could apply to try to help their businesses. This was supposed to help yeah. struggling businesses. Right, right, right. How, right. The, he- how the heck, see, they're getting ready to make me go there. How the heck did these these Congress people jump to the front of the line? It's bad enough that they even got loans, 
But they jumped to the front of the line and snatched up millions and millions of dollars that the business people who really needed it couldn't even get to because they had already snatched it up. This is just, you know, I think back to when Hillary Clinton said the deplorables. These are the freaking deplorables right here. They jumped in on that thing so quick. And to me, that almost sounds like some insider. It's not insider trading, but they had the inside information. Y'all sat there and came up with this legislation. You knew how it worked. You knew when it was going to be available. You knew what it had, to, what you had to do to get it. And then when it went public so that people could go ahead and start applying, you already had your stuff together, jumped in the front of the line, boom, bang, boom. You get millions and millions of dollars. And the, the sickening part of it is that the way this loan works, you don't have to pay this back unless you don't file some paperwork at the end correctly. So they call it a loan, but it's actually more like a grant. So what is supposed to happen is at the end of the loan period, if you file whatever the necessary paper saying that basically I don't have it to give back, then they they kind of write it off. It sounds crazy, but that's what Congress approved. Now I'm starting to see why. Basically, Congress just approved to give themselves free money, you know, for those who were involved in businesses and whatnot. They just jump right in and got it. And the problem is that, obviously, this is a conflict of interest for those who did on, on the Congress side, but because of the way the records and all were kept, there were multiple banks involved in administering these loans. They don't divulge certain information about who got what and when and how much because of privacy issues. So what that boils down to is the public may never really know who got what and how and why and all of that when you could try to get like a list. You can't even get that information. So it said that um, all told among the 20-plus loans that have been identified as going to businesses affiliated with members of Congress Nearly every one of those loans went before the first round of funding ran dry. So that's what I'm saying. All of them, whoever y'all are, you're on the kiss it list because you knew exactly how this was going to go down, and you basically said, okay, before it goes to the public, we're jumping in front and get ours off the top. That's some foul stuff. Mm-hmm. All about the money. Well, you know, it's it's really all about the connections. You know, if you are right there in the building where the mail room is, where they're distributing stuff at, you can just reach and say, yo, hey, please mail that. Give me, give me that envelope. You ain't got mail that. Give me that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You know you got something yeah, to do I'll that day. Yeah, I'll drop it off to them. I'm you know, going you that got, way. Yeah, you, you know you got something to do that day, but you're waiting for the mailman. So you ride around the neighborhood and you find them. Well, at least I do anyway. You find him because I got to catch a train to get out of town or whatever. So I find the mailman showing some ID and say, look, I'm expecting a letter. Could you grab me a letter out of your pouch, if you don't mind, for this particular address, yada, yada, yada. You know, but the sad part about it, though, and as everything goes, it's always saying this, too, will come to pass. You know, a lot of people who do what they do, but see, and I'll talk about this later on in what's popping. These people that own these dealerships and all in North Carolina, who, who are their biggest customers black people you know what i mean Probably they're so. getting they're getting money from the system 
that taxpayers are paying for to keep their dealership up where they can just keep selling new cars, flashy cars to black folks. So it's almost like the the whole black aspect is being abused because the black people is going to the dealership that they, they don't even know that belongs to this congressman because his name ain't on that dealership. Uh-huh. You know, the dealership is probably in his daughter's name who's nine years old, you know, Daphne, Daphne Chevrolet. And yeah. Daphne could be his damn granddaughter, you know? So, and it's, it's you know, it's, it's, Oh my God! It's and that, deep. that was it is so deep. Move the way they did that. That was well, but it's, it's your boy too. Don't don't leave out your boy. The Treasury Secretary, what's his name? Oh yeah, Mnuchin. Mnuchin. Mnuchin hey, is in it with. All of I this told stuff. you before, Mnuchin, Trump, and Barr. Them three jokers right there are like. They, they might as well have the movie uh, American Gangster. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they they got that whole thing. They got the, you know, the 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 heron with the little devil face on it, selling it to the whole city. They 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 got the whole. Oh my goodness! Yeah, Don't get me started much. with that. Anyway. Yeah, well, that's all I'm gonna say on it, because that that really really rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, that was that was deep. The fact that, you, that they did that that way, that yeah, was some shady. Well, that was deep that you uh, un, un, uh, uncovered that. You know, just know that here's money going to places that belong to Congress, and they ain't saying nothing. No, they ain't saying anything. They walk around and damn, they got a, a check for a million dollars. Oh, I'm sure they were mad for that they got it. Side out. business, anyway. But once they already got it, you know, just like a lot of those McDonald's franchisees, some of them gave it back because you know, good and well, the Lakers McDonald's gave it back. Remember the Lakers right, got the because McDonald's is not hurting. No. Nah. But some of them, they were like, well, the franchisees, you know. Uh, they they could use the money and all. I'm like y'all should have just not even applied. They should have not been eligible. You know, it's like you can apply if you want, but they should not have been eligible. Anyway. Yeah, good, Catherine. We need to step on your time. Yeah. <laughs> that's all right. You fine. Uh uh-uh. uh. That's interesting. You say that because I wanted the McDonald's over here, um, off of uh this main street where I used to live at. Did they get a drive through? <laughs> they got that million dollars. They didn't put a drive through in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm busting them out. <laughs> That's the only McDonald's I know that don't have a drive-thru. I don't get it. But anyway, all right. So I guess we're going to put those three on the kisser list, Barr, Mnuchin, and Trump. Oh, uh, Barr, Mnuchin, yeah. Trump. Because, you know, so if everybody else that they got rid of or fired, them three are like uh-huh. the original members of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Ain't going nowhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> they got, they, you know, it's oh, just... Right. It's, uh, Bernie White, uh, Philip Bailey, and uh, what's that other name? Johnson, the, the drummer. Yeah, they ain't going nowhere. You know, you always got original members that are always there. They remember. They ain't going nowhere. The original EWF, huh? It's, the, it's because it's the, you got to realize it's the money man and the law man, right? Barr is in charge of the, the whole. He's the attorney general, and Manucci is. Yeah. Money man. He's the money guy. He's the one whose name is on the on the checks. So what is Trump? The comic relief. Trump is the he's the bay, he's the main dude. He's the main dude. He's a Dalai Lama. He's the guy that wears the red jumpsuit to the airport and shit with the red dot on his forehead. Anyway, uh, uh, moving on. What, what, what you got? Behave, Papa. What is a good segue for um Trump? I'm going to talk about him. Trump says U.S. will review. University's tax exempt status. Now he ain't going to mess up with shit again. Oh, God. He ordered the Treasury Department on Friday to review uh, the tax exempt status of colleges and universities following his threats 
to cut federal funding to schools um, that do not be open due to uh, COVID-19. The president's attack on these institutions of higher education comes as they're struggling with how to handle the upcoming fall semester due to the virus. I mean, you don't have anything in plan, but you, you want us to open. Um, of course, in a pair of tweets, he said, this is Donald Trump, yeah, boy, I am telling the Treasury Department to reexamine their tax-exempt status and or funding, which will be taken away if the um, this propaganda um, or uh, act against the public policy continues. I'm like, really? Crazy. So some schools, including um, Stanford University and Dartmouth, uh, college have announced they're cutting varsity sports programs and staff positions address, uh, to address the um, budget crunch. Like, wow. Um, also, John Hopkins disclosed in April that it will suspend contributions to um, employee retirement accounts, cut the salaries of its highest-ranking officers, um, and prepare for furloughs and layoffs. It's getting kind of rough. I'm like, wow. And Donald Trump, he, he's, he's going to threaten these institutions? Cutting their money, so they got to cut their stuff already before you know he does it. That's crazy. So he, Donald Trump, is on the kissing list once again. Yeah. So I guess we have to continue to follow the story and see what happens. So that's my story. You on see that where he said he got, he got the, You see where he said he got the Treasury Department to look into their there again. That's yeah. what, what's his name? Red Wine that's uh-huh. Mnuchin, the money man. Anything Trump wow. want to uncover financially, Mnuchin is a treasury right. secretary. He has access to mm. everything and everybody. Anybody gives mm-hmm. Trump a hard way to go, he'll tell Mnuchin, pull up their IRS records. What they worth, mm-hmm. what kind of money they got, where they live, where was their last paycheck. They can track you right. all the way back to your last paycheck. Yeah. Wow. He told Mnuchin, sick him. Yeah, I see that's crazy. So we're gonna continue to follow this story. I I, I want to see the end result. But um, you know, my thing is, if you're gonna open so early, you need to have something in in place, a plan. But if you don't, then you you, you know you're just gonna open and, and people gonna get sick, and you want to reclose. So, right. Like I said, we'll see. We'll follow it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord, they always conniving. That's all I can say. Conniving. All right, well, that wraps up the hot topics. Woo-wee. All right, I need some ice. I need a beverage. So can we just take a quick break so I can go and get my glass together? Sure can. (laughs) All right, we will do that, and we will be back with the Hit It and Quit It headlines on the other side of the break. Girl, what are you using on your skin? And your hair looks so thick and beautiful. I've got a secret. I know you're going to share it with your girl. Well, just between you and me, I found a new product that makes my skin glow and my hair fabulous, too. It's bull semen. No bull. Stop playing. For real. Bull semen gives me this glow and keeps my skin nice and soft and feeling good. Where in the world did you get bull semen? From a bull, of course. But only my distributor knows for sure. I can hook you up. Check it out. Bull semen. It's great for your hair, nails, skin, and everywhere else where it doesn't feel right. Just warm the tube of bull semen. Put on some Barry White music. Massage the tube using slow circular motions. And when the semen comes out of the tube, put some in your hair. 
on your nails, on your skin, and wherever you want. Before you know it, you'll be glowing. Your hair will be growing, and your friends will want to be knowing. I'm ordering my tube of bull semen today. Order two. I'm almost out. Bull semen. Do not use internally, or pregnancy could occur. And we're not responsible for that. Order yours today. And that's no bull. How you doing? I'm Papa Didi, one of the hosts of the Pajama Party. And I'm here to uh, introduce you to two of the segments I have on the Pajama Party. One is called What's Poppin' with Papa Didi. And the other one's called Living for the City. What's popping is maybe a topic that really popped at me that week about something really going on that's serious. And on Living for the City, I talk about stuff that has to do with the inner city, the suburban life, and life as we know it as far as the hood is concerned and everything thereof. Because as War said, the whole world is a ghetto. So we'll talk about all that. So join me, Papa Didi, every Friday for my two segments of What's Poppin' and Living for the City. All right, welcome back to the Pajama Party. I'm your host, Papa Dini. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. Comment allez-vous? Ima, Ima. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. All right. <clears throat> well, let's jump on into these hidden quitters. I got the first one, I think. Okay, go well, for it. Well, well, well. RJ, shopper wearing a $40,000 Rolex, who cares, destroys space. Mass display while Costco shopper protests mass policy. Come on, y'all. The founder of, uh, they are of an um, Arizona public relations firm recorded herself, recorded herself now, destroying a <laughs> face mask display at a Target store on Sunday. In the video, a woman identified as Melissa Rain Lively, who also is the CEO of the brand um, Cortison PR pulled the mask off the display of a Scottsdale store in an explicit field rant. She did not immediately respond to the U.S. Today's request for comment. Finally, we meet the end of the road, she said, in the video as she starts pulling masks off the display. The video of the woman pulling masks down, um, shared by Twitter users, um, has been viewed more than 8.5 million views as of Monday. And a second post sharing um, uh, Lively's announced removed Instagram post of the police taking <laughs> talking with her, talking with her, has over 3.5 million views. They're talking with her. They're not arresting her. They're talking to her. So the woman in the target video claims that she's wearing a $40,000 Rolex watch. So what? Immediately, store leaders attempt to, to de-escalate the situation, but given the um, guest uh, continued behavior, the store team called the Salt um, River Police Department for support. Um, Target statement said, uh, we provided local law enforcement with video footage and will continue to provide any information that can be helpful to the investigation. Now, I didn't see anything in that particular article about they arrested her. They're talking to her. What kind of shit is that? Yeah. Excuse my language. And she didn't, hey, and she didn't get punched in the face either. She didn't get punched in the face like a lady at the airport either. Yeah. You know. What's her name? We put her on the list. Yeah, she's another privileged uh, character. Melissa, Melissa, Melissa Rain Lively. Melissa Lively. That's enough. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So why That's was crazy. there an issue? Why was it even mentioned about her Rolex? I don't. I didn't hear. Because she wanted to let people know that she wasn't ghetto, right. and I'm wearing a $40,000 such and such, and I'm yeah. CEO of such and such. And but that I'm had no that. relevance to what Well, well like I always tell it's, you, it's, and it's I repeat it a lot privilege, on the show. The privilege, the privilege. Did you yep, remember, privilege remember what I said thing. about remember what I said about white folks, how they believe that the one that got the most toys wins? Yeah. That's their backdrop, mm. you know. They always, this one, that one girl, she got uh, stopped one time. What was her name? Um the one girl, I think she was in Recreational Park or that that show. Remember the cop stopped and she said, "You know who I am." Remember her name? Oh yeah, was that um Reese Witherspoon? Reese Witherspoon I believe yeah. it was. Do you know who I am? Well, fuck, I don't know. You drunk bitch? Who the fuck who you are? <laughs> Shit, you know what I mean? You drunk man? Yeah, but they always do. Everybody apologizes later. That's always the fact, especially when you see yourself on camera like a jerk off. I'm wearing a, first of all, to say you're wearing a $40,000 Rolex, yeah. you know what I mean? Knockoff Rolexes are out there. I'm she could have got that joint for $1,000. Who, who who you, come on, who you fake? Who you trying to, you know, and, and first like, of who all, and who, cares? who gives a damn about a watch when it comes to, your watch is your own personal preference. What you wear on your wrist is with what you particularly like. Just because you're wearing a Rolex, Rolex doesn't make you special, not at all. I mean, please. See, the, two things, the, the two things that mess with me is she was taping herself, destroying this yeah. this particular display, and the cops mm-hmm. were just talking to her. If it was you, I would be down on the damn ground, handcuffed, you know, Very with true. a on our neck. Like so. the black lady at the <laughs> airport. But see, a lot of them be trying to pose for Donald Trump, being see the CEO. Yep, I agree with that. Yep. Trump's good grief. Yep. Everybody wants to get in the. Everybody wants to show, show Trump that they're a true follower of him. And they don't realize yeah. he's crazy. He's a crazy man, you know. And you, you're trying to pose in front and and act out for a person who's already a jerk off his damn self. And once he leaves out of office or what have you, he's gonna his his life's gonna diminish so fast. He's an older man, probably wearing a damn depend, you know, dripping out of his damn penai. You know who knows? He's older, so he probably got shit going on. Ain't no telling, man. You know when you get older. Please, you getting up in the middle of the night taking you pissing nine times with that prostate start acting up. Anyway. All right. Uh, yeah, let's let's hit McQuiddle. Anyway, uh let's see. This one here, Black Lives Matter, uh a mural was painted outside of uh Trump Tower. Was it, it was painted or mm-hmm. I, I knew it was meant to be painted. Yep. Okay, city employees began painting a uh a sketch of uh Fifth Avenue, a stretch of Fifth Avenue, just in just in front of Trump's uh, organization headquarters on Thursday morning, which was uh, yesterday, Mayor Bill de Blasio authorized the uh, the street yellow uh, mural earlier this month. All right. New York's mayor rolled up his sleeves, and he painted a bit of the mural as well, too. All right. He was clad in a mask and flanked by civil rights leaders and Reverend Al Sharpton. Sharpton said, fuck it, give me a breast. Let me put some yellow down on this motherfucker. Donald Trump said he would be, uh, he would, uh, they would be, what do you call that, uh, demigrating the luxury of Fifth Avenue. Let me tell you. Uh, and then uh, de Blasio and, and Sharpton said, we're, we're not uh, demigrating anything. We are liberating Fifth Avenue. We're uplift we're uplifting Fifth Avenue, de Blasio said on Thursday in response to Trump's tweet last week criticizing de Blasio for uh you know, for disrespecting what he calls his area. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
All right, he called the words Black Lives Matter a symbol of hate and suggested that police officers would block the work. Now, the police officers work for the fucking mayor, okay? So maybe our great police who have been uh, neutralized and scorned by the mayor who hates and disrespects them won't let this symbol of hate be affected on New York City's uh, greatest streets. Spend this money fighting crime instead. This this is Trump's words now. He's telling, first of all, the mayor, who was the boss of the police, who was the boss of the police commissioner. The police commissioner works for the mayor, who oversees the police. Mm-hmm. So you're going to tell the boss of the police, you're going to tell the police what not to do as far as their boss is concerned. That man has lost his damn mind, okay? That's oh, like yeah. telling That's like telling one of your cabinet members to pull rank on you. How's that possible? Mm. Yeah. So anyway, the moral mark of uh, the second time the word appears in the in the large letters outside one of Trump's homes, uh, Washington's mayor, uh, with a term painted, she painted the same thing on on right by the White House. So they're all they're all in in support of uh, just making this a a global situation, which is a good thing, you know. So so we'll see what happens because you know I'm sure some some one of them right wing per- people gonna come in and pour some. Black paint over top of it or something. Eventually, we'll see what's up. But anyway, so it's out there in front of the. Uh, yep. mm, wow. Ah. <laughs> Trump But Trump don't own the street. The one thing you don't own when you own property, you don't own the street. You own the pavement to the curve, the grass on it, but you don't own the street. Never. So. I'm sure he thinks he does. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious well, to know how do they determine where they're going to put Black Lives Matter? That's 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 interesting. But that was, that was on purpose. Mm-hmm. Well, the governor said, <laughs> Governor Cuomo said, I'm going to put it right in front of Trump's house. So okay. I don't know if that was for fight or what. But Who cares? That's yeah. what he said yeah. he was going to do. It. And nobody, it ain't nobody mess with your building. Nobody mess with your parking lot. Nobody mess with All your right. payment out front or anything. <laughs> it's in the street. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, along that same vein, not long after a California community completed a Black Lives Matter mural on last Saturday, a white man and a white woman arrived to paint over it. Oh, Here we go. A woman wearing a red patriotic T-shirt and flip-flops began painting over the yellow-lettered mural with black paint. This was Saturday in Martinez, California. And you could see it on YouTube because the man who was with her was recording it. He had on a red Trump T-shirt that said four more years. So he's out there recording her doing all this painting over the Black Lives Matter. So you hear him on the video saying, we're sick of this narrative. That's what's wrong. And the narrative of police brutality, the narrative of, of oppression, the narrative of racism, it's a lie. So a bystander who could be heard arguing with the man off camera, um, they were asking him what was wrong. So that was his response to saying what's wrong. And, they, and the bystander told him, this is racist, what you're doing. So residents from Martinez got a permit from the city to paint Black Lives Matter mural on July 4th. So now they got the approval to go do it. And the police are now looking for the unidentified man and woman seen in the video. 
So they were saying it appeared that the couple came to the mural with cans of paint and a roller for the specific pur- purpose of vandalizing the mural. So, but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's wrong, baby? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. If I come to rob a bank, right, mm-hmm. I ain't got mm-hmm. but so much time to get my ass out of that bank before the police show up, okay? Now, what? if I come to paint over top of a mural and I got sticks and rollers and paint and, you know, all the stuff it takes to prepare for paint, mm-hmm. people always say that whenever you paint, painting is 80% preparation, okay, and 20% work. You painting only twenty percent. When you put brush to paint, you've already prepared for that stuff, putting up paper and tape and uh, edging and that. Uh, you know what I mean? So for them to stir the paint and and pour it in the in the, in the thing and, and all that stuff took time. Now you telling me the police could not show up there in the time of that if somebody called the police, and then they say we're still looking for them. When the, the video, I saw the video, that shows a clear shot of them. What about facial recognition that identifies people immediately? Yeah, it shouldn't be you that have hard. A, why, how's it, why are we still looking for these people? What kind of crop was that? Them people, they was able to identify the man during the Rodney King situation. That Remember Reginald Denny mm-hmm. in the red truck? Yeah. Remember they stopped the him on the corner. Out of the truck Remember they pulled they, they pulled him out of the truck. They was able to identify by video the guy that pulled Reginald Denny out of that truck. So you're gonna tell mm-hmm. me that you couldn't get these two white folks in broad daylight. In broad daylight, you're gonna say, We're still looking for the people. My ass. Yeah. You got the I'm sure they left their material with them. And if you got paint on your on your on your on your uh, fingertips, don't you think you're gonna leave some fingerprints somewhere? Hell, you already got the damn paint on there. I'm sure they you're touched something. Now, Papa I'm sure they touched something and left a fingerprint. This is a bunch of bull, man. Everybody's in with everybody. The cops just like Martin Luther King got shot at their uh uh, what's that, what was that, the Lorraine uh, Hotel? Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Right. There was no mm-hmm. firemen or police around at all. Martin Luther King mm-hmm. could have very well bled to death that day. He could have just bled mm-hmm. to death because nobody showed up. Well, the you man know? in the red mm-hmm. shirt that was doing the videotaping is heard repeatedly saying that all lives matter. And he's even talking. Yeah, he's talking. Mm-hmm. You got his voice, you got his face, and now you tell me you can't identify and, him? And the bystander who was seeing all this... Uh, was saying, well, you know, the whole thing about calling these white people that act a fool, calling them Karen or Chad or Becky, you know, those kind of names. So she was referring to these two white people as those names. And he's saying Mm -hmm. all lives matter. And the female bystander, Mm -hmm. you can hear her saying, until black lives matter, no lives matter. So this altercation went on for about five minutes with several other bystanders now interjecting and asking what's going on, why are you doing that, you know, painting over the mural and stuff. And by the time the police arrived, the man and the woman with the paint were gone. Yeah, sure they were. So police are looking for a Nissan pickup truck with the word Nicole painted in silver, which was provided by one of the witnesses who said they saw 
the word Nicole on the mm-hmm. Nissan pickup. And nobody got their license plate. Mm-hmm. So whatever happened to the paint, the well, brushes, yep, the, right. the cans, the, the sticks and I all. I guess they I mean, put them in the pickup truck. But somebody to paint some, like, okay, you was able to take all that stuff away. And how much was they able to paint out of the whole word black? Like, what did they, was it, what did they get the B paint over? What did they, they get they the B and the L? They vandalize it, so. The oh, B and the L. But yeah, they I got the B and the L. The B and the L, yeah. And after mm-hmm. that, I think they left, but... Uh, you know, my thing is, and you want videotape it. So, like you say, uh, probably Trump's coons again. They out exactly. there doing their thing. Yeah, because, you know. Yeah, but we, you're we, trying we, to impress. We, we love Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. But Trump don't give a damn about you like that. I don't know what makes mm-hmm. you think Trump care about y'all like that. Trump knows that y'all ain't nothing but some poor white trash, and that's why he got to keep talking to y'all every three months at y'all little towns so he can keep y'all interested because he know y'all ain't doing nothing else but sitting around drinking Budweiser's and popping oxycodone. He want to get that vote before y'all all kill yourselves. And all y'all act like y'all mm-hmm. trying to support him, stand behind him. He's our man. And please, they ain't got nothing. Like I said, when 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 Hillary Clinton called them, what she called them, deplorable. Deplorable. She should have stuck with that. She said, "Yeah, well, if you don't vote for me, you're deplorable." She should have tried to sound just like Trump sounds, strong, mm. ignorant, just like him. I would have battled him just like he battling her. The way he was calling her and talking about everybody. Sometimes you got to fight fire with fire. You got to come out hard, and I think mm-hmm. Biden will do that. Up against Trump, mm-hmm. Biden's yeah. gonna, you know, because Trump, you gotta hit him with his own medicine. Because soon as he see you yeah. backing down, because he got bar behind him, he got the money mm-hmm. man and the law man. Long as he got what's his name, <laughs> Mnuchin, and Mnuchin can look at anybody's taxes and tell Trump about it, but you can't look at Trump's taxes. How about that? Yeah. But he got the tax oh, man okay. that runs internal revenue. That's a good segue. Well, that's a good segue. I'm getting ready to get into that story, Papa. Thank you. Um, the Supreme Court deals Trump a defeat holding demand for his tax returns. They want to see him now. So the Supreme mm. Court dealt a defeat to President Trump, 45 on Thursday, by rejecting his hey. claims of presidential immunity, presidential immunity, and upholding um, subpoenas from New York prosecutors. That's why his ass ran down to Florida. He wanted to have his residence uh-huh. down to Florida. And one of the most anticipated rulings um, on presidential privilege, privilege in years, the justice um, by 72 um, vote ruled the nation's chief um, executive is not above the law and must comply with the um, legitimate demands for the grand jury in New York. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Um, it goes on to say in, in a second ruling, the high court also, by a 72 vote, temporarily, temporarily blocked subpoenas from three House committees on the uh, grounds that Democratic lawmakers failed to show how uh, decades worth of Trump's financial records were needed to formulate new legislation. The justices um, sent those case, cases back to lower courts, giving Trump a partial victory. So that's why he got that little partial victory, but... Um, Supreme Courses. Otherwise, you got to cough it up, baby. So, uh, we're going to see what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm glad, finally. I'm Let's curious see. about what's in it, that he is so determined to not allow people to see. I'm like, you must have some hellified stuff in that return that you are fighting this hard to keep people from he's being probably, able to He's probably not consistent. probably lying. You know, he's lying to get more money or whatever or, or not be taxed on what he should be taxed. It's, 
Just, just a big fat lie. That's what it is. That is it. I believe it. Mhm. Well, yeah. we'll see. We shall see. All right, Papa Didi, what else you got for? What I got? I gotta go again. Oh, Y'all you thought you didn't have to work tonight? Y'all ain't paying me enough up in here. All right, uh, let's see here. This Take it is, up uh, with the union. West Virginia uh, mail carrier pleads guilty to uh, changing absentee absentee ballot requests. Oh boy. What? Wait, wait, okay. All right, Thomas Cooper, a 47-year-old uh, mail carrier from West Virginia, pleaded guilty on Thursday to one count of attempted election fraud and one count of uh, injury injury to the mail after admitting to changing eight uh, primary ballot request forms with black ink. The New York Times reported, hmm. according to the report, Cooper, who who held a uh, U.S. Postal Service uh, contact to deliver mail on uh, in Ongo Riverton in Franklin, changed the uh, the political party on five different ballots of uh, request forms that was tampered with from Democrat to Republican. This wow. would have caused Democrat voters to get uh, ballots for Republican primary candidates. Now, how long has that been going on before he got caught? Mm -hmm. All right, yeah, that was kind of interesting reading right there. Uh, But anyway, the clerk uh, spotted the changes and contacted state officials with uh, prompt an investigation. The state's attorney general office then contacted the voters involved who, who admitted the fact that they were... Def, definitely uh, Democratic voters, and uh, and this when the guy was charged with that. But like I said before, when you get caught with something, how long have you been violating? You know, yeah. how they, many they, other times they got him? They got caught. him with five, and then what other what other postal people are doing that? Anybody that's in a position to do that is doing it completely. I mean, just just as a blatant level of cheating, which is obvious now which goes to show you how this is going on because they know people know that deep down inside, you know, population is everything, you know, mm-hmm. and the way that you combat population is with oppression. And this what this is their, their scheme of doing things. And I, I think that I just think that people of color or people who are, or start uh, Democrat voters, need to get together and, and they need to put together a coalition that can be solidly clad where, because see back in the day with Martin Luther King, you know, when, when they, when they did the bus strike and all, they were prepared to walk to work. You know what I mean? So when stuff is adverse, mm-hmm. you got to be prepared to do it. You can't, if you're going to bypass the carrier, then you got to go straight to the post office, yeah. you know? And like just like mm-hmm. these little uh, complexes that have the little mail little mailboxes outside the complex, you know, a little square box where everybody shares a mailbox, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got your little key mm-hmm. and you go in there. I don't use them damn things at all for outgoing mail. They got a little slot there that says put your outgoing mail here. My ass. First of all, the little hole is too goddamn tight, you know. You could barely fit mail, and plus the hole ain't got no hair around it, so I can't find the hole no way. Oh, but what no I'm way. saying is the fact that, <laughs> you know, I take my mail. I take my mail to the post. I take my mail to the post office. Anyway, you know okay. what I'm saying? 
All right, I have put him on the kiss it list, Thomas Cooper for okay. election fraud. Mm-hmm. I know that's right. But that's crazy. I, I did, but I did want to add one thing, and I think we had talked about this once before. I sent my mm-hmm. ballot in through the mail, and the way that mm-hmm. that envelope was, they they had you to have to sign it, and mm-hmm. I think that was the only thing on the outside, but it was on the envelope. And I thought, right. what kind of harebrained stupidity is this? Exactly. To where my signature now is going through the mail system. Somebody could take that and do something. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. now you got my signature. Why isn't that on the inside? Why is any information on the outside of an envelope? But this guy only got caught with eight ballots. You're not going to tell me five, that's all he five. violated. Mm-hmm. He got caught with eight ballots. He got caught eight that day. That man probably did about 500. Could be. What you gonna Probably. say, Kevin? Um, when you go into and vote, as the procedure I went through, I like you said, I signed some papers or something, put it in one envelope, and then had to put it into another envelope, which had um, no information, my signature, nothing on the outside. And then All another right. thing happened um, when I got there because you know they were saying because it's coronavirus, you can go anywhere to vote. But I, I went in my district. Um, they had that I had no affiliation. That I wasn't Democrat. I said, y'all can kiss my motherfucking ass because I know what I am. <laughs> That's a lie. So I'm I had to telling go you. another process and fill out some paperwork. I was like, come yeah. on, y'all. I said, I've always been a Democrat, and um, that's what it is. But I had to go but through see, that this, procedure, fill out some more paperwork. Right. But see, this whole thing with this story about that mail carrier, this is the kind mm-hmm. of stupidity that fuels the ignorance that Trump is talking about saying how Ooh. voting by mail is going to open you up for all kind of voter fraud, and that's why it shouldn't be done. And then you get some idiot like this. He's going to ruin it mm-hmm. for everybody. Yep. And then they, next yep. thing you know, they're going to say, okay, well, everybody's going to have to come down to the pole and stand in mm-hmm. line six feet apart. So you know those lines are going to be going like halfway across the city if you got to stand you know, in line. Six feet apart. Right. Come on, y'all. But I think um, at first the 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 um, absentee ballots were people that were of certain ages and that weren't able to get to the polls. I think that's that's the main reason why they were doing it at one point. But it's like everybody don't want to stay in the line, so you know everybody has gotten on the bandwagon of sending through the mail now. Yeah. But, um, yeah. You know. So it's it's just a whole. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna mean. be. Yeah. It's gonna be. I think even if Trump lose, he will never concede. He will fight it. He will fight it till till 2021. And I, I don't think they're ever gonna get him out of that White House. I just think it's gonna be so ugly. He's so arrogant and so bullish and got so much going on right now. I don't think he's gonna surrender that power that easy. I re- I believe he's not. I think it's gonna be so ugly. It's gonna. They almost got to take him out. In a straight jacket, it's gonna be crazy. Well, mm-hmm. that could be arranged. But no I, problem. I, yeah, no, yeah, it can't I, either. Mooch and Barr is there with him. Again, they can all go. If he becomes president again, they're gonna. They, if he becomes president again, they're gonna riot. And I'm going in the lowest part of my house. I'm going to the damn basement. I'm gonna live there because yeah. I, I can't go through that. They're gonna riot like it's gonna crazy. be ugly. Mm-mm. It's gonna be ugly. Yes, yeah, is. I do think it's gonna yeah. be crazy. Mm-hmm. All right, I got one more hit it and quit it for you. Remember, I was just talking a few minutes ago about how white people, particularly white women, who call the police on black people just doing regular stuff, Mm. they tend to call them Karen. 
Well, now somebody has introduced some legislation called the Karen Act to deal with that. It's a brother named Shaman Walton. He's a member of um, a California City Board of Supervisors. He's proposed the Caution Against Racially Exploitive Non-Emergencies Act, which the acronym spells out Karen. He proposed that at a board meeting on Tuesday of this week. And, of course, like I said, the term is used on social media for white women who target black people or people of color for engaging in regular everyday acts. So recent examples include the white woman who called the police after being asked by a black man to leash his dog, I mean leash her dog in New York uh, Central Park. And then there was the white couple who confronted a Filipino-American man for writing Black Lives Matters in chalk outside of his own house in San Francisco. So the Karen Act will make it unlawful for any individual to contact law enforcement solely to discriminate on the basis of a person's race, ethnicity, religious affiliation, gender, sexual orientation, or gender identity. The bill would work alongside a proposal by California State Assemblyman Rob Bonta, to make discriminatory 911 calls a hate crime. So if it becomes classified as a hate crime, then that, that I think, is like a federal penalty, you know, when you get into the hate crime. So it goes on to say, if you're afraid of a black family barbecuing in a community park or a man dancing and doing the normal exercise routine in the bike lane or somebody asks you to comply with dog leash laws in the park, and your immediate response is to call the police, the real problem is with your own personal prejudice. So currently, California law considers false police reports a misdemeanor or a felony, but this does not include those who make calls like described in the Karen Act. So we're going to see what happens with this. They're saying that a caller could be sued for up to $10,000 in damages, and those who violate the Karen Act would also be liable for no less than $1,000. So they're going to hold it for 30 days, and then there will be a public hearing with the Public Safety and Neighborhood Services Committee. And if San Francisco Mayor London Breed signs the bill into law, it could take another 30 days to go into effect. So I hope they get it. Because people have been doing way too much with that stuff. That's my girl, man, London Breed. So it's going to be worldwide yeah. or going to start in one particular city? Well, this is in in uh, California, particularly mm-hmm. in San Francisco. Yeah. They're trying oh, okay. to get it passed there. So, no, it's not worldwide. She was part of the mm-hmm. mayor meeting that night with uh, oh, yeah, okay. the mayor. Oh, okay. Five mayors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, boy. She's she fine as hell, too, boy. Shit. I'm a I appreciate what she's been doing for the city. I appreciate she gave me a date one mm. night. She's fine as hell, man. Anywho, I'm going to tell you right now. That wraps up the hit and quit Papa trying okay. to get a date with a man. Yeah, you want to take a little CC or you want to keep moving with the cocktail? Uh, if you're ready, we can go right into the cocktail and then we can take a break and then come back with Papa and uh, what's popping. Okay, we need to splash this cocktail on Papa and cool down a little bit over there. Yes, um, please I, do. I, I got, yeah, please do. Y'all, y'all my doctors and, and yes. Like, yep, yeah. Y'all, 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 y'all
This one's called the Ginger Kiss Cocktail of the Week. And we're going to start with a habanero pepper, a ginger root, gin of your choice, lime juice, and simple syrup. So you're going to take a slither of the habanero pepper. Just a slither. Just a slither. (laughs) Um, Just that's it. You're going to take um, two slices of ginger root, and you're going to muddle that into a glass until it's kind of fine. Then your gin of choice, which mine is Bombay Sapphire. You'll take 1.5 ounces of the Bombay Sapphire. Or if you want a stronger drink, you can go all the way up to 2 ounces. Um, Also, lime juice, 0.75 ounces of lime juice, and 0.5 ounces of the um, simple syrup. So we're going to shake all of that together. Then we're going to, with ice, I'm sorry, we're going to shake it vigorously. Hey! Uh, And then we're going to Strain all of that in a um, martini glass. And we're going to top it off with a ginger slice. And that is your ginger kiss cocktail of the week. Ooh. You can cool down with that. <laughs> that that pepper will mm. Ooh, I think I want to dance. <laughs> uh-huh. That's a tasty one. Thank you, Kevin. You're All right, welcome. Cocktail mm-hmm. of the Week is brought to you by D.C. Homegrown Entertainment. Woo-wee! Man, just a sliver of jalapeno. A sliver I mean, habanero. not jalapeno, habanero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, jalapeno Woo. might be might be cute, too. Yeah, your pepper of choice. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. All right, well, thank you for that, Kettle. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're coming back with Papa Didi and What's Poppin'? On the Pajama Party Show. Living just enough, just enough for the shit Okay, but why are we doing Stevie Wonder? I thought we were doing Pajama Party. Well, I, was, I was talking about my little, uh, one of my segments, one of my segments of uh, Living for the City. Join the party. Now you, now you ride me. Um, That's every Friday night at 9. Pajama Party. No yeah. clothes allowed. Kettle and red wine uh, step on my parade. I had the mic first. And they're coming in just trying to, uh, you know. It's my turn. Oh, my gosh, she's going to sing. I don't know what number to call. Oh, okay. yeah, uh, call us at 914-803-4306. 803. And press 1. And press 1 to be put into the queue. And uh, say what you have to say. You can read off what we're talking about. Come up with a new subject of your own. We're we're here from you. We're liberal. We're Eastern time. Eastern time. We're here nine nine p.m. Friday nights at uh, six o'clock, six o'clock West, Coast. West Coast, and uh, what maybe seven o'clock in the mountains or <laughs> the, yeah seven in the mountains. Uh, Michigan, Central. Michigan, and New Orleans, and all that. We're like an hour back, yeah, but nine o'clock on the East Coast. Nine fifteen, CT time. Time nine fifteen. Don't be late when you listen up. It's at 9 o'clock on the dot. That's right. Every Friday night. We'll see you there. Goodbye. All right, welcome back to the Pajama Party. I'm your host, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. It's time for What's Popping with Papa Didi. Woo, what's popping tonight, popping? Man, I tell you what, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. And you know, the one thing that I want people of color to to 
to step into is step into the zone and no fear, you know. You can't, don't fear anything. I mean, you know, I mean, fear stuff while you're in the moment. I wouldn't even say fear, but recognize stuff while you're in it. While you're on your job, you know, be cool. You know, you try to be diplomatic. I mean, see who you're working with and and who they are. Because the one thing white folks do is always tell who they are. If you can't see they ask for who they are, then you're a blind motherfucker for real, for real. Because they'll show their true shit big time. But if you're so busy trying to kiss their ass that you're not seeing what they really bring to the table and how fucked up they really are, then you're a blind-ass Negro, okay? You really need to open your eyes a little stronger and see what it is you're dealing with because they put their obvious shortcomings, their, their uh, you know, their fears, their anxieties, they put that right in your face, right in front of you every day. And for you to be so busy trying to kiss their ass and emulating them, you missing the message that they're bringing across. And I see it all the time. I saw a black lady on this show, uh, what is it called, Entertainment Tonight? Uh, one of them uh, Hollywood shows with the different... And they're talking about the uh, Friends, the show Friends. And she's on there talking about the different outfits that the girls were wearing on Friends. Now, the flip side of Friends is that the show didn't have no Negroes at all on there. That show was white as white as white could be. And so, well... Uh, uh, Jennifer Anderson, she used to wear some of the nicest shoulder strap dresses. And then on Allegiant Time, she would wear the the tight dresses. And then the other girl, what was her name? The one that, uh, uh, the other chick. Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox. She was like, she was just a poor white trash straight up. She would wear the jeans, just regular jeans, but they made an emphasis on it. She would wear the high jeans that would go come up to your navel, and she would wear those so elegant and so cool. And, and this was just regular clothes they was wearing. And this is a black fashion designer complimenting a white-ass show of friends on what these girls was wearing. This shit wasn't special. It was just outfits that they picked off a wardrobe rack in the back of the fucking studio. This shit wasn't special. But she's talking about, oh, oh, the elegance of, of Jennifer Anderson and blah, 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 wearing this and wearing that. I'm like, wow. Damn, girl. You're a black designer, and you're going to critique these white folks on a show that had no Negroes, but you're going to give it hype like You're going to give it an eight-minute segment on Entertainment Tonight acting like that show was the shit, only because they're trying to come back in a reunion. Now, remember, that show was making about $400,000 an episode. The cast members, remember, they're making that big-ass money. Most of your shows usually make like $8,000 an episode. People from um, uh, Family Matters and uh, uh, the show with the, remember the little guy, uh, Gary Coleman and oh, all them, yeah. different strokes and all that. The average money per episode was eight to 10000 an episode. Friends was making a hundred fucking grand per per person because they had all the connections, you know. Along with the other show, uh, the show 90210 with Aaron Spelling and all that. These jokers are making eighty, ninety thousand dollars $90,000 an episode when the people that was in your little black sitcoms was only making nine, ten thousand. They're making ten times more of the money. And there was no black people on it. 90210 and Friends. And they're making ten times the money. And now you're going to celebrate them like a comeback or something we really want to fucking see? How do I want to see a comeback of a show that didn't even feature no black people? What the hell are you coming back to? You might as well take that down like you took the damn monuments down of the Confederate fucking soldiers. What's the difference? What is the difference in a show? And that wasn't that long ago. How long was Friends ago? 20 years? And, and Swimmer and all them, they still young. 
Jennifer Anderson is still young. Hell, I still tap that ass. She still look good. She's still young, you know? So, you know, I mean, so if they were depicting racism with young Jennifer Anderson, who's still not even, what is she, is she even 50 years old? And you you supporting that like it's such a great show that needs a comeback, and you was you was exuding exuding racism at that particular time, and now you want to bring it back as a reunion. Oh, the reunion of Friends. That's like the reunion of Jerry Seinfeld. Another show that was full of and white folks used to watch Jerry Seinfeld like it was they were they were dedicated to that shit. I mean, years ago they would come to work and say, "Oh my God, you see Seinfeld last night? Oh, yeah, that one. You see the name of it? Oh, that's all they do. Now they're making Seinfeld references. You talk to white folks sometimes, they say, uh, "Oh yeah, that's like a Seinfeld episode. Remember he did the, the dog with the tree in the house with the, <laughs> They got like an inside track of that shit. That's how deep it was and how deeply rooted that stuff was. It was straight white humor." And then you got Jerry Seinfeld, who was the direct opposition of Bill Cosby. He was fighting Bill Cosby to get the rights for the reruns to be on TV. So, hell, when Bill Cosby went to jail, Jerry Seinfeld was fucking loving that. Because TV ain't got but so much space left. You ain't got but so much time and space on a network. So if you get rid of Bill Cosby, you don't get, you know... uh, what was that show called? The Cosby's? Mm-hmm. If they don't get their syndication on there and Seinfeld's able to get his on there, then his people get residuals. I feel so bad for the Cosby kids because ain't none of them getting no residuals. And you got all them people. You know, all the people that, you know, uh, uh, Tempest, you got the, uh, uh, what's the girl? You know, all of them, you know? Felipe, Felicia Rashad and all them. But them Seinfeld people, they remember that, that guy that cursed at the comedy show? Yeah. What's his name? Uh, the, the one that, that tall, skinny the one. guy that played know. that stupid shit. He called people niggas right there on the stage because they didn't laugh at his jokes. He said, man, you ain't funny. He said, fuck all you niggas. I don't need to be here. I'm making money off the show, yada, yada. I'm like, wow. So I'm just saying all that. I'm just saying, you know what? In closing, I'm going to say that racism is right in front of your ass. Keep your mouth shut, black people. Open up your eyes and your ears and see what the hell is going on in front of you because it is right in front of you every single day. You ain't got to search for it. You ain't got to look for it. You don't need no damn hound dog to find it. He don't need to smell nobody's sweater to follow the smell. That shit is right in front of you every day. So keep it out. That's all I got. Right in front of you. Right. That was a good one, Papa. Um, but I did want to update you on the Cosby. It's back on TV One. It's been okay, back good. on for a few months. Yeah. I on think the Black Channel. This year. Not on. Not on. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, but yeah, Seinfeld yeah, is all that's over okay. everything. They still getting their That's good, yeah, right? Right. right. Long as it's getting syndicated somewhere. Oh, that's good. I didn't know yeah. it was back mm-hmm. on. But Seinfeld, he's mm-hmm. all over the goddamn place. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, yeah, but uh, I appreciate I'm, the update I'm, I'm, on that. That's good. No problem. I'm curious um, why nobody touches uh, Martin. Just Martin, he's rocking and rolling. He is on every night. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, they yeah, couldn't. That's true. That, they that couldn't, never goes away. They can't mess with him. Because he had a whole yeah, level of humor him. that uh, he didn't play with nobody. He was like, yo, get out of my way. I'm doing my Plus, he's like, he's in, he's like me. He's an Aries. Aries is crazy. Mm-hmm. Don't fuck with Aries. 
Game Plus, you know, too. people in high places, so they don't want to F with him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That could yep. be. Oh, yeah, you hang out with Will Smith. You're right. All right. There you well, go. It's time to, it's time to uh... lighten it up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Y'all downplay my shit. Man. Lighten that <laughs> I know. Anybody downplay yeah, it? Yeah, fuck it. I'm just saying, you put such a heavy load on the Papa mind. Papa Didi's so radical. You get so heavy with it. He's so radical. Anybody say radical? He's so I'm saying you get radical. so heavy with the. We got to bring it back to make it light again. You want to bring it back to well, me? lighten it up, that's all. All right, y'all, 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 y'all foot soldiers, but y'all wear soft shoes. They're, they're okay, I'll y'all wear, Y'all wearing Stacey Adams. I, I need somebody to wear some combat boots up in this joint. Okay. You and Kettle well, wearing Stacey Adams. I'll order some next week. <laughs> all right, let's go to the weird news. <laughs> I got the first story. Uh Japanese theme parks are telling people not to scream on the roller coaster. What? Yeah. Newly reopened theme parks in Japan are asking their riders not to scream on the roller coasters as a means of preventing the spread of coronavirus. Oh, my God. The rule against screaming, along with mask-wearing recommendations, is included in the guidelines uh, issued by the country's theme park associations, and most parks are following suit. While the masks worn by many park goers have been struggling to comply with the no screaming requirement as they take on drops of hundreds of feet mm. on these roller coasters. So at the Fuji Q Highland theme park, complaints prompted CEO uh, Daisuka Iwata and company <laughs> chief executive Koichiro something to post a video <laughs> to post a video demonstrating how is this done that you ride the roller coaster and don't scream. So the video shows the two suited executives soberly hurtling along on the park's Fujiyama roller coaster without screaming one time. The video reportedly ends with the message, please scream inside your heart. So oh, the caution God. <laughs> the caution modeled by the Fuji Q executives has caught the public imagination. A social media trend has emerged in response of people taking on the serious face challenge, filming themselves mm-hmm. trying to get through the roller coaster ride without screaming. So there <laughs> you have it. Wow. I guess they're going on, on, on uh, Twitter and all that and challenging people. I guess. <laughs> Trying to figure out how can you film yourself on a roller coaster? I know when I ride a roller coaster, I'm hanging on for dear life. Right on. <laughs> I cannot imagine that I have a free hand to hold a camera. So unless they have a a, a GoPro or something, I don't know how they're doing it. Anyway, moving on. Uh, let's see. Over to you, Papa Didi. What you got for uh, Looks like a passenger can't stop laughing after spotting a man wearing underwear as a face mask. Oh, boy. Uh, following warnings that the... This is over in Dublin, Ireland. I, I've been there. It's a nice place. Uh, following warnings that Ireland's R number rose up uh, to one or just above, health officials urged the public to follow corona guidelines. Despite the warning, one person has been seen wearing... What appears to be a pair of underwear as a face mask on the busy dark to dark rail system, which the Dublin Live reported. Dublin Live is a newspaper and uh, news group. The photo was taken on the dart heading from uh, 
Ortho on Thursday at 6 p.m. with passenger uh, uh, Seeley Brady joking, why bother wearing a mask, a, a face mask, when a pair of underwear would do the job? He told the Dublin Live News guy. Uh, nobody said anything to him. Not many realized he was wearing underwear on his face. And uh, I can't stop laughing. I can't stop laughing under my own mask. I thought I thought I thought he was joking. Just 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 by a proper mask. Uh, the man was continuously laughing because he realized, you know, that he was wearing underwear. Nobody really noticed it was underwear, but it was underwear. Face covering on public transportation is mandatory in the Republic of Ireland. Earliest month has been and has also been in England and Scotland for a number of weeks. Okay, it comes as uh, 23 new cases of corona was confirmed in Ireland, and 65% of those are directly and indirectly linked to travel. So, this man put a pair of drawers on his face. I don't know whether he put, I don't know how he did it, whether or not the the ball compartment or the ass department was covering his nose. I don't know. But whether it breathes. Reese Bachters, I don't know what what he was. I doing. guess he figured, look, I got my face covered, leave me alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. I did see um a woman wearing a bra, piece of a bra with her face covered, so hey, what the hell? The oh, cup. Right. She must have used got... the cup or the bra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. She was the cup. Yeah. So okay. What's her All right. Um oh my God. Y'all don't give me the crazy one here. This woman gets paid to erotically sit on cakes. Okay, let's, let's get into this. What kind of cake? Um, I guess he's on the kissing list. Lindsay Dye has a lot of jobs. She's a can girl, a sex worker, an artist, and in oh, a world God. that combines all of those jobs, she's also a cake sitter. A uh, cake sitter. You may be asking, what is a cake sitter? Well, it's exactly what it sounds like. People log on to Dye's chat room and pay money to watch her bake a cake and then erotically sit on it. Okay. Dye first began her career as a cake sitter when someone asked her to sit on and crush her cat. Oh, Lord, what is wrong with people? So uh, she said, of course, I didn't do it, she said, in an interview for the latest episode of D is for Desire. Um the uh, Huff Post Love and Sex Podcast. But I was interested in um, in learning, is this a troll or is this an actual fetish that can figure out and delve into and somehow satisfy this person without sacrificing my own beloved pet? So I guess he switched over the case. That led to her to another fetish, sloshing which involves people covering themselves in food, okay, like baked beans or whipped cream, for the sexual what? pleasure of another person. Sloshing or wet and messy play doesn't involve hurting animals. And uh, Dye saw the potential for taking something innocent and meaningful to many people, like cake, which often accompanies um, uh, different occasions and making it the star of the webcam show. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yep, got a cake again. Yep, I don't think so. Don't want no cake. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely going to play back in my memory next time I see somebody with a cake talking about happy birthday. I would be thinking, mm-hmm. like, I guess that's the kind yeah. she would be sitting all over. 
Lord have mercy. Everybody got their own fantasies, I guess. Yeah, um, that, I remember the movie wild. Nine and a Half Weeks um, when um, Kim Basinger was messing with the food. She wasn't sloshing around in the food, but she used it as a, you know, a sexual wow. thing. To do. Okay. You haven't seen Nine and a Half Weeks? Man, Check I, it out. <laughs> I just wouldn't think that, you know, cake would be a sexual thing, but I, I guess oh, everything really? is. I don't know. For some people, Jesus everything is, is sexual. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that wraps up the weird news. Thank you, Kettle. I think. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Where are we going next? I'll take a little CC and come back with you, Miss Red Wine. You, I'm just saying. Red Wine. I mean, oh, you okay. Know. Uh, we can do that. Next? All right. Well, let's do that. We'll take a break and we're coming back with me. And I'm just saying. Me, I'll put you a French. Oh, moi. Moi. Yeah. Pardon, pardon, yeah. pardon. She's French on her own. You must not be fucking with a French We've added a new segment to the show called The Kiss It List. Every week, we put people on this list who have done dumb stuff or have been irritating or just gotten on ours or your nerves. So we call them out and put them on the Kiss It List, and we tell you why. If you have somebody you want to add to our Kiss It List, hit us on Twitter at a pajama party and use hashtag kiss it and we'll add them to the list if you prefer to email your contenders send them to info at apajamaparty.com we'll call them out every friday night at the end of the show so get those names in now let's get back to the pajama party crew and more of the show but this dj would you mind turning it up a notch oh how rude oh you're on the kiss it list All right, welcome back to the Pajama Party. I'm one of your hosts, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hey. Hello. And hey. red wine. Bonsoir, oh, everybody. Comment allez-vous? Oh, okay. I was jamming to that last uh, commercial break. Ima, Ima. Somebody was playing that saxophone. All right, it's time for I'm Just Saying. And, uh... Let's see, where are we? I'm just saying, right here. Oh, you. I'm just saying, uh, oh, yeah, my topic tonight is, uh, I'm just saying, now do you get it? Uh, if you've been in contact with your state lawmaker in Mississippi, you may want to get a coronavirus test because they got coronavirus running wild down there. So far, about one in every six state lawmakers in Mississippi has tested positive for the coronavirus. And that's according to the Mississippi Health Department. And do you know why that is? Because these people refuse to wear masks. And now there's at least 26 of them that have tested positive. I'm just saying, do you get it now? Clearly they didn't get it before, so I'm asking that now, do you get it? This spike in infections follows a busy week, busy few weeks that they had in the Mississippi State Capitol. Members uh, had been meeting to discuss the state's budget, unemployment, and then in June they had passed a historic bill to remove that stupid Confederate emblem from the state flag. And they had a lot of visitors 
and people who had been coming to the Capitol to listen and watch, you know, all of their legislative stuff going on. And they were out there to protest, too, whatever they were disagreeing to. But they were doing all of this work without wearing any protective face covering or a mask. Now, I'm sure they're not shocked that the virus spread so quickly within the legislature. They know how their Capitol building is laid out. They got on their floor where they work and do their passing bills and debates and whatnot. They got these desks that are all sitting like right next to each other, like an old school classroom, packed tightly together. And the members are gathering, talking to each other, whispering to one another. So you're all up in each other's face, shoulder to shoulder, packed in like sardines in a classroom, and nobody had the common sense to put a freaking mask on. Now they're all acting like, well, how do we all end up with all this coronavirus? A duh. (laughs) Are you serious? Now do you get it? You got all of that close contact with people. Nobody wants to wear a mask. Why would any rational, sane person, (laughs) in the middle of a pandemic, no less, why would you be up in an environment like that without protecting yourself? Is it because the leadership didn't make it a requirement? Because that's what they did or didn't do. They didn't have a requirement for it, so they just blindly follow leadership. Or is it because the uh, leadership was too busy listening to non-medical Dodo and following his lead and looking where it got him? I'm just saying to them, do you get it now? Do you understand that masks are not a political issue, but it's a device that can keep you healthy and possibly keep you alive? And now the governor of Mississippi has mandated masks for the 13 counties where the virus is spiking. Now, here we go again. You're going to tell people where the virus is already going buck wild. Okay, now I'm mandating y'all should wear masks. Isn't that like the proverbial, what is it, the proverbial trying to catch the horses after they've already gotten out of the gate? That's kind of ass backwards. And he's only making the mandate in the counties where the virus is spiking. So I guess they don't think that the virus can cross county lines. Instead of you making it statewide and say, everybody, wear a mask, protect yourself, they're just going to mandate it for the areas where the virus is already going crazy. I just, it just defies logic that people still are behaving this way with this virus. I'm just asking them, now, how do y'all think that's going to turn out? You want people just where the virus is hot to wear masks, but everybody else where the virus is not too hot, y'all are cool. Don't worry about a mask. This is stupid. I'm just saying, try listening to the scientists and the doctors instead of these know-nothing politicians. That's all I'm saying. This is Red Wine, and I'm just saying, do y'all get it now? People are crazy. Uh. That's all I got for you. That just seems stupid to me. Yeah, I agree. Crazy, crazy, crazy. That was a good one. Mm -hmm. That's like trying to vaccinate people after they all got the disease. (laughs) It's like, oh, you're a little bit late now. Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. Oh, well. Yep. 
All right, Papa D, we're going to kick it back over to you. Me? Yeah. Living for the city. Mm. You ready for it? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. It's living for the city coming at you live. It's no surprise. You better open up your eyes. It's mm. Papa D. Go for it, Papa D. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, 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 oh. Anyway, um, I heard someone say... Uh, How the public schools, how Donald Trump was going to um, hold back on the schools and the colleges if they open up as normal. I mean, you know, there was a book out with Donald Trump, Donald Trump's niece, who came in hard on him. Came in hard, so hard that when a when a when a he was holding a press conference in the White House when a uh, when a CNN reporter mentioned, "What about your niece's book?" He just got up and left. Because he couldn't, you know, because sometimes family issues hit the heart. You know what I'm saying? There's two things we have in our life to handle things in our life, and that's our head and our heart. You know what I mean? Some things you handle with your head when it comes to bullshit friends or mediocre friends. You can handle this situation with your head just by talking shit back to them like they talking shit to you. You can handle it with your head. But when it comes to family issues, for some reason, that shit go right to the heart. You know what I mean? That's why when you're arguing with a family member, brother, Sister, whatever case may be, sibling, cousin, whatever, it can get it can get heated, it can get vicious because it hits the heart because family arguments and squabbles and I'm 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 a I'm from a family of nine brothers and sisters so my shit is times three we got a regular damn baseball team and and we have an older family I mean my oldest brother is seventy five years old you know and my youngest sister is fifty three so we old as hell. So and I'm somewhere in the middle, like number seven in that clan of nine. So, you know, when you arguing with the family, that shit can get deep because y'all are so deeply rooted, you know. And you want to be precautious because you don't want to beat them up too much because it's your brother, or your sister. But you also know that sometimes you want them to know how you feel. But then they can throw some shit back at you. They can throw a curveball at your ass, which you don't give a fuck because if you pissed off at them, you don't give a fuck what they say about you because if you're the aggressor and you've been shit on the hardest, it's always the person shit on shit on the hardest is the one that got the most to say, basically, because people beating you up, so you're defending yourself. You don't care what people are saying about you. But all I'm saying is that the heart goes to the to the family argument. When you're arguing with a family member, you always got to go with your heart because it's, it's where it is. It's connecting to mom, dad, and grandparents and everybody, you know. So it's a heart, it's a blood argument, you know what I mean? So you, you got to keep those those family arguments at a minimum because usually a, a family argument will end up with the fucking police coming. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. Because it gets deep, not so much on a violent level, but on the emotional level. And if you're, if you're an emotional, stable person, you could do it. But then people, other people get involved. You could be arguing with your brother, for example, and all of a sudden one of his children get involved, his son or his daughter, and they're jumping your ass, well, stop yelling at my father like that. And you want to tell your niece or nephew, well, he was my fucking brother before he was your father, so shut the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? This is my brother, goddammit. When me and my brother first was connected as brother and sister, your ass wasn't even born. So get back in the strudum sack where your ass belong and shut the fuck up, okay? So, you know, that's what you want to tell your nieces and nephews sometimes. Back the fuck up because you too young to really know what the fuck is really going on between me and my brother or me and my sister. You know what I mean? And it's so interesting. And I deal with that every day with my family because... 
you know, we have our, our, our situations where drugs came into play and stuff like that. And I speak open and honest because that's the level of the black family today. We have been we have been depicted by so much shit. If it ain't drugs, is is domestic shit, you know, people's husbands or wives, you know, the influences of our brothers and sisters who who they've been married to, who they were dating, and that fucked their head up and their children. And that may have fucked their head up. And now, nowadays, you know, when you get older, you get over 50 years old, sometimes you don't even recognize your brother and sister because they're a whole different motherfucker. You'd be like, damn, where is the motherfucker we were playing together when we both, when I was 14, you were 16, or when I was 21 and you was 25, and we had love for each other as brothers and sisters and friends and, and confidants and all that. But now that we're both 50 years old or 50 and 60 years old, you know, your wife done fucked you up so bad, I don't even recognize your ass no more. You've been dipping, dabbing in drugs. You're a part-time piper or a part-time pill popper. I don't even recognize you as my brother or sister no more. And that's where we are and as, as a family as a family goes today. You know, everybody's doing their thing, but they don't realize that the reflection on the family is really deep because that's where it all comes back, where the chickens come home to roost. So... When you look at a family member, you know, the one thing you want to see with them, and you'll see it's pretty obvious, is when they don't exude the same shit that your mother and father has exuded in all of you. When you look at a brother or a sister and they're acting fucking crazy, you're like, damn, you are not the motherfucker that mom and dad raised because where did you lose your head? That's why I always say, and I'll close on this, always remember that God has, God has, uh, presented life to you, for you to live to its fullest degree. You know, if God has bestowed life on you, don't let anything or anybody pull you out of the life structure that God has put forth in front of you, the red carpet that God has laid for you to walk on. Don't let anybody, husband, wife, children, friends, or nobody, you can deal with people, but don't let anybody step into the truth that you possess. If you're paying a cost to be the boss, if you can afford the path that you're walking in, then you walk in that shit. You tell people to walk at bay and cater to your ass. Now, if you're depending on people, that's another situation. Now you need motherfuckers. But if you got the pot to piss in and you got the fucking window to throw it out of, then you don't need these motherfuckers. So always understand that. If the situation is you don't have a pot to piss in or window to throw it out of, if that's not your situation, then you got the pot and you got the fucking window. So live your life strong and just deal with people according to your own standards. And just, you know, I mean, don't be so hard and vicious like I'm talking, but but know that you're paying the cost to be the fucking boss. So handle your shit. I'm going to leave it at that. All right, man. Pay the cost to be the boss. All right. I'm going to have to go get my wallet. Mm-hmm. I'm about to pay the cost. <laughs> Uh, all right. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Up in, up in this pit. Mickey flick. Pot to piss in, wouldn't have mm-hmm. thought out of. Oh, I got him all over. You say, I got my pot, motherfucker, <laughs> and I got my window, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. All right. All right. I'm just saying, y'all you know, off, hey, I'm just y'all saying. Been off the, uh, uh, wait a minute, y'all been off the chain tonight, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, mm, mm. I'm just saying, damn it. Hey, it's But, you know, I'm, hey, hey. Mm-hmm, hey. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, hey. Family is a monkey, right? Family is a monkey, ain't it? Family is a monkey, 
I got nine brothers and sisters, man. That means three elephants, three three lions, and three fucking giraffes, man. I'm just, I'm just shut up. I'm just shut up, okay? <laughs> All right. Well, let's head on out to the West Coast and get hey. the entertainment update from Kettle. Come on, Papa. All right, thank you, thank you. All right, mm-hmm. all right. We got some controversy right here, right there. The country band, formerly known as Lady Antebella, is suing <clears throat> a, a blues singer, Lady A, to share the name. Uh-uh. Ain't gonna happen. A dispute between the country trio formerly known as Lady Antebella and the Seattle blues singer currently known as Lady A has taken an unexpected and unfriendly turn. Um, as you know, um, you know, Lady Antebella's white group and this um uh Lady A, she's African American. So, uh Lady Antebella, they saying after much personal reflection and band discussion prayer and many honest conversations with some of their quote-unquote closest black friends and colleagues, they decided they want to drop the antebella and just be, uh, you know, Lady A. But it's a 61-year-old black woman. Her name is Anita White, um, who blasted the country group in an uh, Instagram post the day after their name change announcement, saying, how can you, um, you know, uh, say Black Lives Matter and you put your knee on the neck of another black artist. All right, now I know that's right. So, um, you know, they're doing? going back and forth, back and forth. So we're trying to figure out who's going to actually get the name. And she's had the name over 20 years. And they were represented mm. as Lady Antebella. Now they want to drop that because of what's going on in our society now. But, uh, you know, you, you need to check and see if that name's been taken or not. Um, yeah, uh, Twitter true. users. Yeah, mm-hmm. Twitter user Robbie Starbuck, he quoted, he said, Lady Antebella decided to change the name to Lady A because they're now woke, only to find out a black artist already existed under that name. So how they're suing to use the name anyways because they couldn't come to a deal with her. What kind of shiggity is that? So, I mean, they got a lot of Twitter people, people um, tweeting saying that this is unfair. You know, so, but we have to follow that to see what's, you know, what's going to eventually happen on that. So, good luck to Miss Lady Lady A that has the name for over 20 years. So, good luck to her. Um, also, comedian Ricky Smiley, uh, teen daughter, Erin, is beyond grateful to be alive after a shooting. Uh, Ricky Smiley's daughter, um, she got caught in the crossfire. Um, she was going to a, a neighborhood uh, store. And she just got caught in the crossfire. Um, she oh, had to no. have several surgeries. Yeah, and unfortunately, he can't go to the hospital because of you know COVID nineteen. So um, right, he said he says um, she is recovering after having a second surgery on Tuesday. Um, so they post a lot of this stuff on Instagram, so they just let people know. And um, she just had a um, she was celebrating her birthday on Sunday. She just turned nineteen. Wow, so, uh, it's crazy. Yeah, so. Our prayers go out to uh, uh, Ricky Smiley and his family. Um, also, mm. Halle Berry. She apologizes uh. and um, backs out of a transgender film role following a backlash. 
Um, she apologized because uh, she was going to um, do a transgender role. And um, a lot of people on Twitter, here we go again, um, a lot of people on Twitter um, was like, why is this female doing a transgender role? Why can't a transgender do that role? So, um, yeah, the GLAD organization, they responded, says, we are pleased that Halle Berry listened to the concerns of transgender people and learned from them. Other powerful people should do the same. Uh, a good place to start is by watching uh, at Disclosure Doc to learn more about trans trans representation in the media. So kudos for her, you know. So, I mean, there's other roles out there for us, so kudos for her. So we'll see. That's interesting. I don't know why yeah, she would have taken that role in the first place when you have transgender actors. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Maybe she thought know. it would be a challenge to take that role, so. Yeah, yeah, but uh, things are a little different right now, right? So um, also your, your boy Kanye West, he has announced that he wants to run for the presidency. He's he's gotten support <sighs> from um, Mark Cuban and Elon Musk. Oh, Lord, please. Really? Why? And I, I just don't understand. Billionaire entrepreneur Mark Cuban tweeted that he would favor West over President Donald Trump when asked if he would support Kanye's run. No, him mercy. Why? Why? And of course, why are they entertaining him? Trying to divert. Why are they entertaining him? Just crazy. And uh, crazy Tiffany Tiffany Haddish, she uh, did a parody uh, web announcement Sunday on Twitter, copying and pasting what he tweeted. Uh, a joke, uh, uh, fellow comedian Dave Chappelle will be her running mate. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. That will be crazy. Right. And uh, one last note. Our hearts and prayers go out to the uh, is it Nan- Nan- Nanye Riviera uh, family. Um, they said she is presumed dead. She was out on the boat with her um, young son. He survived. He's four years old. Um, he survived, but they, you know, they have went in the water to try to look for. Her, but um, uh, I think they're uh, calling it, saying that, you know, she's she's dead. Not sure what happened, but it was just her and her son out there. She went in the boat. They went on the boat, and um, he was left on the boat with the life reserve, and they couldn't find her. So um, she used to play on the um, show called Glee. Um, so she's had some other acting roles, but that that was the most notable one, Glee. Hearts and mm-hmm. prayers go out to that family. So that's my Hollywood wrap up. Oh wow! All right. Oh, thank you, Kevin. Well, now Ooh, we know what? what's going on. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Papa Didi, can you tell everybody about uh, the world famous Kissed List and what that is? We about to get right into it. Kiss the list is a list when we we stick people up to the behold with a pogo stick. We no, we use Vaseline brand Vaseline. We use Dollar Care Vaseline, and we we let them know what they've been doing wrong and how messed up they are. And we got a song that dedicates things to them. And the list of the first of all, I want to put that boy Stone. What's his name? What's his Roger first name? Stone. Roger Stone. Roger Stone, just like Trump, they both old as hell. They both probably got prostate issues and shit. Oh. Yeah, they, you know, prostate is when your balls squeeze up around your testicles and you can't piss worth for shit. Anyway, but anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, 
God bless them. They two old asses. They all been gangsters for a long time. They all been hanging together for years, and now they become mm-hmm. the, the the damn. You know, it's so sad. They all become the presidents of the damn United States. Really? How do we even put Trump mm-hmm. in? It? Really? Anyway, now he's keep par- anybody who they they partner in everybody. He's partnered. So Stone, what's his name? Oliver. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Roger Stone. Roger Stone. Roger Stone. Yeah, he's about to pardon him. He <laughs> acted like he, he not, did. I don't know. Yeah, he can't pardon him. It so happened late this evening. Why are we wasting tax money on no, prosecuting these right. people when you're going to pardon them on the back end? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. we still got brothers in jail, been in jail 30, 40 years. Fuck him. Anyway. Okay. Roger mm-hmm. Stone, for one. Um, uh, who else? We got... Uh, I got Bob the Trump. Yes. And I've got all the Congress people who took money from that payroll protection program that they should not have had. They're on the kiss it list. Okay. Millions of dollars. I, you said Barr, yeah. right? Did you say Attorney General Barr? Yeah, Barr, Mnuchin, and Trump. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I had the, the underwear man, Brady. His name Brady. Okay. Underwear uh, face mask man. And um, Lindsay died, the cake popper. Well, the okay. <laughs> and I've got and, Melissa uh, Lively, the lady who was uh, tearing up the display at Costco with the masks. Okay. Uh huh. And we've got the Black Lives Matter paint vandals in uh, Mar- what is it, Martinez, California? Right. Well, Those Thomas people. Cooper. I had him down there too. Thomas Cooper. Oh, that was the man with the did. election fraud. Who is changing the oh, um, okay. people's uh, thing from go. Democrat to Republican? Right on. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. We have yeah. anybody else? You got anybody else, Papa Didi? Um, yeah, that the uh, the people who oversee that damn um, what's it called in Georgia? The uh, oh, Stone, Stone Mountain. Mountain. That family oh, yeah. has been supporting it, overseeing it. The Klan they held their big celebration in in 1948 to to certify. They burned a cross on front of it and made it solidified as their their chim. It's almost like their uh, uh, what do you call that? Mount Rushmore. Uh huh. You know. Anyway. Yep, they're on the list too. Okay, mm-hmm. and that's right. everybody. We have a special award this week for everybody on the kissing list. And here it Kiss is. Kiss my entire ass. Kiss my Irish ass. You better kiss my Irish ass. This world kiss my ass. Kiss my ass. All right, welcome, welcome back to John Party One. Your host, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir, my darling. Hey, my last word is, uh, you know, what I emphasized earlier. You know, just 
stay strong in your own spot. I, I want that really on my tombstone. Stay strong in your own spot. God has dedicated a spot to you. He's to get a, dedicated a time frame to you. And try not to let anybody, family, friends, or whoever, disrupt your own movement. Pay the cost to be the goddamn boss, okay? Be strong in your own spot. Stand for what you believe in. And if people get on your nerves or they just disassociate just, 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 just yourself, you know, back off and move on to something else. There's plenty of people out there. There's plenty of relationships out there. Move on. If something gets too hard, move on. Don't hang around bullshit because you can only correct shit for so many times. Okay? So remember that. All right. And my last word is please do not listen to politicians to give you medical advice. Listen to the people who actually went to school and studied this and most in most cases, know what they're talking about. People like Dr. Fauci and other scientists, wear a mask, protect yourself. When you go around other people, it doesn't matter if you're the only one that has a mask. Protect yourself. Let them be the fool that gets coronavirus. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Protect yourself. All right. Um, well, my last word is um, these people out here that act in the fool as far as, you know, painting over the Black Lives mural and lady with the face mask, don't give them no power. Don't even look at that. Don't yeah. even, you know, don't give them the power because that's what they want because she got that many um, people that that was viewing that video. She videotaped herself, and then on top of that, the, the cops didn't do anything. They're talking to her. What kind of BS is that? But don't give them the power because we truly have it. So just stay in power. That's my last word. All right. Power to the people. All right. Well, we're going to thank everybody for hanging out with us tonight. We're going to get on out of here. Probably got some rallies to go to. Go see where the marches are tonight. So, let's say good night. All right. And make a move. Say good night, Papa. Good night, everybody. Say good night, Kettle. Good night. And this is Red Wine saying bonsoir till next Friday night. We'll do it again, 9 o'clock Eastern. Check us out at apajamaparty.com for this episode and others and for the cocktail of the week. And we'll see you again next Friday night. We're out. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bid you farewell, Arabatechi, Sayonara, and all that sort of cheers. Well, when you, I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, good night. Yabi ko. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show and good night. Good night.